In our journeys last week as we went to visit our kids in North Carolina for Thanksgiving, obviously driving down the road you look at a lot of different billboards and one caught me kind of in a strange way. It was a typical billboard advertising that there was gas in a store up ahead. But in a little corner of that billboard it said the words, prepare to meet your God, exit 105. I thought, now there's a stop you only make once. (laughs) You know, Advent is the season, as we call it, of preparation. And last week, Pastor Mark talked about the promise. The promise that we have of Jesus being with us, being close to us. The promise that he keeps. And today, we look at preparation for our Lord's first coming. And what that preparation truly means in our lives. You know, we all prepare for various things all the time in our lives. I think we're kind of in a state of preparation as we would think about it. I mean, you prepare in life if you're young to go to school for the first time, and then you prepare to graduate from school. You prepare to get that first job. You prepare to get married and have a wedding. You prepare when you're expecting and the first child is coming. You prepare for all sorts of life events that take place, retirement and other things. In fact, I did a search just on Google. I wondered what would come up if you say, what kind of things should we prepare for? And I got just a brief list. 25 things that you should do to get prepared for the coming economic collapse. Three things that you can do to prepare for life changes. Seven things that you must do to prepare for an emergency. Preparing, it just seems to be part of life. But then there are those things that happen that I guess I would say we are not prepared for. It makes me think about the events last week in San Bernardino. How could you ever prepare for something like that to happen? Or maybe preparing for something like going into work one day and being called in the boss's office and having him say, you know, we're letting people go. You're not prepared for that to happen. Or yesterday I happened to be at the funeral of a dear friend who just at Thanksgiving was celebrating with all the family and on Saturday morning after Thanksgiving in the bathroom had a sudden massive heart attack and died. How does the family prepare for something like that? I say that because as we look first at the words of Isaiah the prophet, he is prophesying to a people who are not prepared for what is going to happen to them prophesying that they will be taken away in slavery and in bondage by Babylon. And they will be in the despair and the wilderness of life. But in the midst of that, he also prophesies that God will come to comfort them. That he will not leave them forever in that wilderness. That he himself will come to bring them that comfort that they need. But even hearing those words, they were still not prepared for how that comfort would come. Or for the fact that it would be another 500 years until Messiah would be on the scene. And they were, of course, never prepared for the way that God would come in that Messiah, in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, in the ancient world, when a king was going to come to a city, he would send out before him a herald. And the herald's job was to prepare the city 
for the coming king. He kind of became the city manager as he arrived at that city. He would go through the city with the different people and say, well, this building needs to be repaired and all this garbage needs to be removed here. Go through the city and round up all the criminals and put them in jail. Fix this road and make it smooth. Because when the king comes, if none of this is ready, it is an embarrassment not only to the king, but also to the people. And so John the Baptist came as the herald of Jesus Christ, the Messiah of God, to prepare the way for him to come. And you can tell by the responses in today's gospel lesson that the people in his audience also were not prepared for what John had to say or for the coming of that king. For instance, as John was baptizing in the wilderness, they came and John said, Who told you to flee, you brood of vipers? You see, in their mind, a Jew would never be baptized. Baptism was something that was reserved just for Gentiles only to do because baptism to a Gentile symbolized the washing away of the defilement of their life before they converted to Judaism. So for John to say that they needed baptism was foreign, something, and that's why he addresses them as they say, don't say that you're children of Abraham, because in their mind, there was nothing they need to wash about. They didn't need a baptism of repentance. We are Abraham's children. We're in the covenant. We're all safe. See, they weren't prepared for that message. And I wonder as we think about being prepared today, as we think about the coming of Christmas, and as we think about Advent as that season of preparation, are we truly prepared in our lives for what Jesus Christ has brought to each of us? I mean, we prepare with all the things that go on in Christmas. I mean, how many of you have your trees up already? We do. Decorated? We do. How about the outside lights? How many got those up before the snow hit or after? I mean, we have some of those things up. Presents purchased and wrapped, parties planned, invitations sent out. Those are all the things that we think about when we think of preparation for Christmas. You know, it's beautiful to drive through the neighborhoods, especially on a morning like this when it's a little foggy and cold and crisp and to see many of those beautiful lights out there that outside thing, but it makes me think as I drive by some of what John was trying to address as he looked at the outside of the people and really went past that to the inside. You look at a house all decorated and beautiful and you wonder on the inside, are the people inside prepared? Is there turmoil going on in their lives? Is there sorrow and brokenness and heartache that the outside just looks beautiful but the inside is dying and suffering? You see, that's what John was trying to address with the people of his day. Trying to move beyond the outside and the claims of who they were and their lineage to get to the very inside of the problem of their lives. To get to the heart of the very thing. You know, it kind of reminds me of the old facades that used to be in the Old West. I don't know if you are familiar with that, but much in the mining towns and different towns, when they didn't have enough money to really build a building, they would create these false fronts, facades as it were, to make it look like they had a bank and a hotel and all these other things so that it would attract people to their town so they would come in and they could grow. But all they were were false fronts. There was nothing behind them. There was no 
real substance to what it was. You see, that happens a lot in our lives. We paint on an outside front, a facade, that everything in life is beautiful and fine and good, and our world reinforces that to tell us that the outside is what's so important. We must look beautiful. We must be glamorous. We must buy this or buy that, because then we will look like we are successful and all is good. But John takes aim at something else in our lives, at the inside, at the brokenness of our roads and our lives and the pathways in our hearts, of the blackness of the selfishness that overcomes our lives, at the garbage that lives inside that no one sees, or of the chains that bind us for lack of forgiveness and reconciliation in many relationships. How do we aptly prepare for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in this season of preparation? Well, what I don't want you to hear from me this morning is me saying to you that you are the one who must prepare your heart in order for Christ to enter there. As those people themselves could not prepare for the coming of the Messiah, so on our own we cannot prepare to receive the gift that he comes to give. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit can we truly be ready, can our hearts truly be prepared in order that Jesus may bring the gifts that he comes to give. And what is it that John then calls the people to do? He calls them to repentance, to turn from those things in their lives that they feel self-sufficient on, the very things that we do when we forget that we need someone to come with grace and love and forgiveness in our lives, that we truly are people so broken that we need a Savior to come and rescue us. In this season of preparation, we need to evaluate the things in our lives once again to determine what the most important things are and to let the other things go. Back in the 1940s in China, when the communists were taking over, there was a man by the name of Glenn Adit. He was a minister in the government. And when the communists took over, they put him under house arrest. And he waited under house arrest with his family to find out what it was that they were going to do with him. Were they going to execute him or something else? And finally, the verdict came down that they were going to deport him. But there were some caveats to that deportation. He would only be allowed to take 200 pounds with him. And so you can imagine the situation. The family goes home and you begin to decide of all the things in your life and all the things that you have, what is important? What can we take with us? You can think about the arguments that probably take place on this is more important and I need this and how do we determine that? And finally, they arrived at that place where they had everything weighed out and ready to go. And the soldiers arrived and they said, have you prepared to leave? Yes, we are ready. Have you weighed everything? Yes, everything is weighed and ready. And the soldiers looked at them and said, have you weighed the children? Suddenly, all those arguments about what was important in life went out the window. Suddenly, all those things that they clung to and thought were the things that they needed in life were no longer important. All of it was jettisoned in order to include the most important thing in their lives, their children, so that they could come with them. 
We see in our preparations what is really important in our lives. What is it that we are truly looking forward to in this season of preparation? To the grace and love that Jesus Christ brings us, not just on one day, but every day. To quote Charles Dickens in his short story, A Christmas Carol, through the character of the ghost of Christmas present, as he said to a reticent Scrooge, the child born in Bethlehem does not live in the hearts of men only one day a year, but every day. You see, we are to be prepared not just in this season of preparation, but prepared every day of our lives for what Jesus Christ comes to bring into our lives. As Peter said, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Always be ready for what Christ has brought. For he comes with his gifts into our lives every day to wash over us with his forgiveness and his love, to touch the areas of our hearts that we have kept on the inside, that we have kept at a distance, to cover them with his grace and forgiveness and love so that we may be people filled with hope every day that we live, despite the circumstances and the things that we have prepared and not prepared for, so that the most important thing in our lives is the hope of Jesus Christ that he has given us in our relationship, committed and created through our baptism. You know, we, like our houses, like our trees, like our presents, can paint the outside and decorate it and make it look beautiful. But we will always be then at a distance on the outside if the inside is never touched with the comfort that Jesus comes to bring. That God will always seem then to us distant, someone who is unapproachable. But in our series, God is closer than you think. I want to remind you of the greatest promise that occurs the most in Scripture. Not the promise that I will redeem you or that I will forgive you. The promise that occurs the most in Scripture is that God says to us, I will be with you. You see, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came to touch every part of our lives. May our preparations in this season of Advent, may they focus on that important fact that Emmanuel has come to be with us, to touch the inside of our lives and the brokenness, to heal them, to make us whole, so that the hope of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, might live in us always. Amen.